Let my tree bear good fruit so I can be used by you. You are hearing this song used by you from my dear friends, Tori and Shauna. You can find their latest album, Share Your Love Volume 2, wherever you stream your favorite songs. I'm so thankful for their friendship and that I get to share their music on Unscripted. I'm recording once again from my studios here in Hilliard, Ohio, powered by the Spot Athletics. I can't wait for you to meet today's guest. Thank you for listening. Make sure to like, share on all your platforms. For now, let's get into today's episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to Unscripted from my studios. Powered by the Spot Athletics. I'm just going to go ahead and let my guest introduce himself. We have a lot to talk about today. So, Tyler, could you just introduce yourself? Yeah. My name is Tyler Sansom. I am a pastor in southern Indiana, right outside of Louisville, Kentucky. So, Kentuckiana, right on the border there. And I also make films. Um, I recently have made my third feature film as a director. And we make those films as a church. So, it's kind of a unique story. And that film will be out in theaters this summer. It's called I Can. All right. Let's just start right at the beginning. You make them as a church. Like, how did that even happen? Yeah, man. We, we started making a lot of digital content back in like 2015, kind of before it was cool, before COVID hit. So we've been doing, well, I was a full-time online pastor for a long time before becoming the lead pastor. And eventually... We saw a lot of success with digital ministry, and we noticed that there were people watching six to eight hours of content on their phone every day. And I brought it to my team and said, hey, why can't we be part of that content that they're watching? So we made a movie, and it was not a good movie at all. It was actually, <laughs> it was actually terrible. <laughs> but but then, then we tried again. And the first movie, while it was bad, it sparked some passion for people in, on my team. To kind of see, hey, this could be something. Right. And so, yeah, we, we tried a second time. We made a movie called A Father's Fight that had a limited theatrical release. And more importantly, it saw a lot of people come to Jesus. They heard the gospel in a different way yeah. through that film, specifically in jails and prisons. That was kind of our target audience. And uh, we had to baptize a bunch of people from it. And so then we decided from there that we would start making true stories of people from our church. So ICANN is actually based on a family that goes to our church. That's incredible. If you don't mind me asking, where does the funding come for something like that? Because it is from the church. So is that just ties and offerings and, nope, you know, it's all, all crowdfunded beyond, we don't take any money from the actual church budget. Wow. That's incredible. Every church has a ton of stories and yeah. some of them are very powerful and some of them are, you know, just like all the rest of us. I mean, that that's incredible. The mission that you are all on to do it that way. That's so cool. Yeah, it's interesting. There's a, a study from a guy that I'm friends with on Facebook that's been going around about how all of the worship songs that churches sing are really from like four churches. So like the top <laughs> 25 over the last five years, four churches wrote them. Right. And I think as a church culture, we kind of get into like a rut of just allowing like the big dogs to, to do it and then we copy. And so we've kind of taken the approach of like, hey, we have story that people could tell from here in our little town that could impact the world, why would we not tell those? Why would we wait on other people to do it when we could? I watched your core values message today and it was awesome. It was awesome. I love what you stand for and why you're doing it. And all, all the things that you said, I really support. I think they were spot on. 
So if everybody gets a chance, get a chance to watch that. It was like eight minutes and it was awesome. Just great stuff. It was really good stuff. And it's stuff that needs to be said in a lot of churches today. Cool. Thanks for watching that. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I stalked a little bit before we got on. So, <laughs> and we had a couple of common, I guess, friends. And what led me to you was Leah Miko. So she's gotten yeah. behind the film and shared that. And so a couple of times she's been on and, and so I saw it and I, we got to talk. This looks amazing. So as I told you in messaging, I have a handful of friends that are all playing or have played division one softball, mainly at Ohio state. And so that caught my eye, Leah, you know, sharing it caught my eye. And so tell us about the movie. So they go to your church and yep. I'll just let I, I'll let you tell us. <laughs> Yeah. So I've, I've known the, the, the family, they're named the Pavies. I've known them for a while. I've been working at the church for about 10 years. So I've, I've been in their lives for pretty much that whole time, but I really got to know Eric, the dad, about seven years ago, we were taking a bunch of kids to a high school worship event. It was like a conference for high school kids. And we had like a hundred of them in a, a convoy and Eric and I were in the same van. Um, and we were near Detroit, Michigan, so the traffic was terrible and I could tell he was stressed out. So I said, Hey, tell me your story, mm. which is a terrible thing to do in traffic when you're stressed out. And <laughs> so he tells me this, he tells me this story. I later found out that I had, so I had, I'm, I'm very much covered in tattoos. I had a backwards hat at the time on, and he would tell you that he, when I said that he was like, who is this punk kid with backwards hat and tattoo that <laughs> tell the story. So he tells me this and I, I had studied film. I've always wanted to make films, even though I got into ministry, that still was always kind of my passion area. And so when he told me the story, I kind of tucked it in the back of my head about seven years ago of how amazing this family was, not only because they have a daughter who has one arm, who is a just phenomenal softball player. I mean, not even like a pitcher, like she bats with one arm and plays center field. So she's, wow. she's a like full-blown fielder and batter with one arm. And so that's incredible. But the way that the story was told to me was that Eric and his wife, Selena, actually were married to other people when they conceived Caitlin. So it was very mm. much out of an affair. It was the biggest sin that they've ever had exposed in their life. They ended up divorcing those people and getting together and they now have two other daughters. But for a long time, Eric thought that Caitlin's handicapped, her arm being half on one side was his fault. Like he thought mm. that his sin caused this. And so that, I mean, that really struck me even in that car ride several, several years ago. And so I asked him, could I tell the story? And they said, no, <laughs> like, <laughs> which makes sense. Yeah. If that's your biggest sin, you don't want really that out for everyone to see. But eventually as they kind of bought into our church, like you mentioned our core values, we, we deeply care about people. We pursue redemption and we're on mission and we just hammer that into our people all the time. And they really bought in. And so couple of years ago, they finally came back after me asking about four times and said, if it helps a person get to know Jesus, then we're in. Mm -hmm. And so then we were kind of off to the races after that. And when did you start filming? We started, well, we started pre-production in 2021 we, and we filmed in pretty much all of June, 2022. Wow. That that's actually a pretty quick turnaround. Is it not? I mean, the whole project's about, been about two years. So I think it's pretty, pretty, pretty standard. Okay. Yeah. I know I've talked to a few other people that took like five, six years. Of course, COVID, you know, put a lot of people on the shelf for a while on projects they were working on. So you started it after COVID then? We did. So yeah, we, the, the benefit of being a nonprofit and being completely crowdfunded is that like, I don't, I, I can, I can go out and get people to donate 
and I don't have to wait on investors. So there's, mm-hmm. there's pros and cons to that. I can't get investors, but I can go out and ask people for money as a donation. So that's most of the time the fundraising is what takes the longest. And we were able to fundraise our goal in about six months. Uh, but once we were halfway there, we pretty much gave the green light to like, go ahead and get started on everything. And you mentioned one of the main actresses is from Columbus. Yeah. Yeah. That, she was actually the hardest of all of them to cast. So we knew that we weren't going to be able to find an actress that had one arm that also was an all American level college softball player. So we had to have the real life Caitlin, who is in the girl with one arm. We had to have her play all of the softball scenes. Unfortunately, though, she is not an actress mm. at all. We tried <laughs> and she would tell you that she's not an actress. So we had to do a casting search to find someone that had roughly the same body size, height, weight, same hair color, that kind of thing. So anytime in the movie that you see softball or action, it's actual Caitlin. Anytime that you see acting, it's Danner Brown and she's from Columbus, Ohio. What was the movie called? Soul Surfer. Yeah. They had to do some magic. Did you guys have to do that? Yeah. So the entire time Danner is, she has her arm tied behind her back and we had, we had three prosthetics made that look exactly like Caitlin's half arm. So Danner's wearing a prosthetic the entire film, but in order to make it look like real life softball action that would have been believable, that's when Caitlin comes in. Amazing. You said you were always wanted to be in that role of director. Did you think you would be doing things like this that you had to do with this film or did it present new challenges for you? (laughs) I mean, I, I, I've never directed one character played by two different actors before. (laughs) Right. That, that was definitely a challenge. Yeah. I mean, as far as like the drama stuff, like the, the actual narrative, that, that stuff was, was easy for me to direct. Directing sports I, as a sports guy. So I played college football. I was a very, very big sports guy. I wanted the movie to look like real sports. And I, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes right. you watch movies and you're like, ah, that was, Jesus. there's yeah. no way that was an NFL player, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so we were really intentional about getting like actual or college level or at least upper high school level level athletes to play all the softball things. But because of time constraints, that was the hardest part of directing. So we had every time that there's a softball scene in the movie, we had three different crews. So myself and two assistant directors with different crews, and we were all shooting different parts of the script at the same time on different parts of the field. Wow. So it was just a lot of orchestrating and a lot of organization behind the scenes. So from a 30,000 foot view, it looked like chaos, but it was organized chaos. Leading a church, it has to be hard. I assume there's people because you all have decided this mission together. Everybody's on the same page because I imagine directing and still leading the church is difficult. So I assume there's other people that maybe stand in the gap while you're pouring all your time into this. Yeah. So the, the biggest time commitment was on set. Everything else has pretty much been, we would meet after hours, that kind of thing. But while I was on set, we fortunately just have a really good staff. And so Mm -hmm. if there was a big decision that had to be made, we didn't shoot any weekends. So I would meet with those people on weekends to make big, big decisions. But everything else, my executive pastor and a couple other people really crushed it. We moved as a church a few years ago to a leadership team model. So we noticed the lack of accountability for lead pastors around the country. Mm-hmm. Was, was really an issue. Like we used to see pastors falling all the time, right. but we wanted to put some guardrails up. And so every decision that we make as a church is a three person leadership team, which is it, amazing. I love it. And then when I'm on set, I have that trust that two other people are kind of riding the ship while I'm not in the office every day. 
it seems like a very forward thinking church. That's my, my stalking of your website today. The other thing I, I thought was interesting, and I know we're bouncing around a little bit, but it's called churchanywhere.us. I like the domain because what that tells me right away is that I don't actually have to be in your town to attend your church. Is that? Yeah. So when we started doing the, the digital ministry, it really started with this vision of, uh, well, here, I will give you the back end of this. We are on the back end of a dead end street on this part of town that's not growing. So we get no drive-by traffic. We are landlocked. We like our space is completely maximized. We can't grow any bigger physically. <laughs> so in 2016, we said, well, let's try to grow digitally. The internet exists. Nobody's really using it yet as a church. They might be like throwing some videos of like services up there, but we have Facebook groups. We have abilities to have Bible studies together. Let's try this thing. And it sprouted church anywhere. Our church is actually called First Capital Christian Church because Corridon, where we are, is the first capital of Indiana. And mm. if you're not from there, nobody cares. So that's why <laughs> we branded it Church Anywhere when we started going further out. But through that, we created these things we call microsites, which are, they're a bigger thing now, but we were like really on the front edge of this with a, a few other churches that kind of tried it out together. And we have about 23 microsites now. So these are people that we supply digital content, like for the teaching, but mm -hmm. we've raised up volunteer pastors for these locations. And they could be in jails, they could be in hospitals, they're in people's neighborhoods, and they're as far away as Kenya. Um, so we have Kenya wow. and Uganda all the way to Accord in Indiana and all through Church Anywhere. So almost like home churches. Yeah, they're like a hybrid <laughs> between a home church, a small group, and then they are just supplied with that digital content instead of having someone teach live, but they're very relational oriented. I have to think too now, go to back to what you said about stories from within your church. You're going to have, because of that network, there will be stories. There could be a story from Columbus, Ohio, yeah. from a, a micro church that yeah. is, is fed back to you all. Like you got to hear this story. This would make an amazing film. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, even, even today we are connected with a guy online named James who had been, so every week we are in every prison in the state of Indiana, Church Anywhere is in every prison. It's one of our biggest outreaches through that ministry. And James has been connecting with us via letter writing. We have a letter writing team because you can't really do digital ministry in jail, but you can write letters back and forth. And he got out this week. And so he's going to come to church this weekend in person. He's like moving to our town. And we like had probably 20 of those people do that. They like don't have any family. They get out of prison. They've been in there for 20 years and they move to our town. Um, so there's gotta be some story, even through that kind of a thing that right. only God would be able to make that happen. I, I love the mission when I listen to it. I love your core values and then just your forward thinking, because I think the church has to change. <laughs> I mean, not biblically. I mean, the church has to morph and change. And I think we saw that during COVID. So were you guys doing church anywhere before COVID or was that after? Yeah, since about 2015. So it was kind of the ugly redheaded stepchild of ministry until 2020. And then it was like, hey, this yes. is awesome. <laughs> yeah, let's, <laughs> the, let's knock the dust off of that one and bring it back out. <laughs> yeah, that's so great. Every time we would talk to other pastors, we, they looked at us like we were crazy until yeah. 2020. And then they were like, hey, could you guys help us start that? Yeah. Which was just, a, it was a cool shift to see happen. And now helped launch thriving ministries and other churches that I'm really thankful that God used in that way. You probably were able to lead a lot of other people who weren't ready to move their churches online. 
my wife can attest, most of my 2020 <laughs> was spent on Zoom calls with pastors, just trying to help them just get ready for what was coming in the next couple of months. It was like a crash course of what we had learned in seven years in a two weeks span or something like that. For That's them. right. Some people look at it that the church lost a lot of people and they still haven't come back yet. I don't like to, I think we should look at it from a different shift and perspective. It's opened the door for a lot of people that may never darken the door of a church to be able to attend church. Sure. In my opinion. So I think there's two ways to look at it. Yeah. I think we should be, you know, packing the seats again because COVID's apparently over, but I don't think we should look at it as a negative because I think it went out to places that it would have never gone before. Yeah. I will tell you just from our experience, I mourn that the, some of the people that I used to be able to minister to in person are no longer there. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, we have outgrown and even physically what we were pre-COVID, but it's like 60% different people. Mm. So we're a totally different church even than we were three years ago. But I think what happened was I think we were able to go with the people that wanted to go. Mm. So the ones that like really were in and like all in and sold out, we were able to just push them further into the kingdom. And through that, they've brought other people along. So the church looks different, but I think it might've been, I hate to use the word like a pruning, but I think there was like a, a pruning that God did so that his kingdom could thrive in a new era. And I mm -hmm. think that's what we're going to see in the next probably 10 years of the aftermath of COVID. And I like to look at it that way too. Again, that's another positive way to look at it because think about it, how could you just to use that word again, how could you prune your church if there wasn't something like COVID that, yeah. that made everybody leave, you know, yeah. or not be able to attend anymore. How could you say, Hey, 40% of you, I don't want you to back. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I love show, you. Show um, of hands. Who's all in. Okay. Get out. If you're not <laughs> like, yeah, that wouldn't work. But through that lens, I think you're right. I mean, God can do things and you know, even in something as, as difficult and ugly as COVID was. So very cool. All right. Back to the film. What are all the links and ways that people can help? And that's why we originally connected is I, I wanted to be able to help however I can. So, um, I know I, you're going to be on some other podcasts with some other friends of mine. So we're going to be hearing from you a lot, but <laughs> what are ways people can help? Yeah. So we, we did not plan on this movie being what it has become now. Mm -hmm. Our experience with distribution for a father's fight was, was really good. Our, our company did a good job. But it was one of those things where as a ministry, you have to just kind of hold tightly to make sure that you're always doing it for the, the kingdom and not right. for anything else. Right. And we had not found a distribution company that had that exact same viewpoint. I mean, they're, they're for-profit entities. They want to make money. And we really just want people's stories to be told so that people mm. can hear the gospel. And so our plan was to make this film for a set amount of money. We raised it. We were going to make it ourselves. And then we were just going to put it out on the internet and anybody could watch it for free. Mm. But in the meantime, I made a connection through my last film, The Father's Fight, with a group called Kappa Studios. And Kappa is the post-production team behind The Chosen and His Only Son, Unplanned, Run the Race, like all these huge Christian films and TV shows. And it what went from a business partnership became like a awesome friendship these these the two guys that run that place paul and brad become like brothers mm. me. and so they were the first people that i had met in the film industry that had said yeah we're tired of this too like we want to just share the gospel so we wow. we kind of just got together and said what does this look like and we are now going to be the first film that they've ever distributed but it's way different than i thought it was going to be Yes, yeah. about putting it out on the internet. And now it's going to be in theaters all over the country. Like Fox News just featured it on the front page of their website. Like it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So here's, 
here's what happened when we were going to do like the distribution ourselves on the internet, we decided to build a large social media following and try to like have a community already ready for when we launched it. So we've got like 20 ish thousand followers on Facebook, another couple thousand on Instagram, a big email list. We just need that to grow. Okay. So we're a movie that doesn't have a ton of money, but we do have a Hollywood studio now backing it, but not like in a financial way, in a ministry partnership way. So yeah. we're like, both of us, we're trying to get as many people on board to spread the message as possible. So on our website, there's a spot where you can hit join the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can movie.info. You hit join the team. That's the best thing you can do for us right now. And then all the directions and it's, it's like kind of like a street team and then everybody yeah. just takes it out to their circles of influence. Yeah. Wilson, like they were the first people that got to see the trailer, that kind of thing. So like they'll be the first people that get to know the release dates, where the theaters will be, all that kind of stuff. And they can help spread the word. What's the target date for the movie that be released? It'll be this summer. I just had a conversation on Monday of this week about setting the release date. Our PR team is really pushing Kappa to set a release date right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping within the next few days we'll know. It would have been cool if it was around the time of the softball world series. Man, that's, I've been pushing that. Seriously, that was, that was the goal. Yeah. And well, it's a praise. God keeps opening doors to where this continues to get a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. So I'm not going to say no, I'm going to run through those. So if that means we can miss the, the world series by a few days, I'll be okay with it. Cause that means God opened some doors for us. Well, I mean, Leah Miko's connections and she's just such a wonderful soul and she person. Is. She's in um, the movie. Is she really? Yeah. She makes, a cam- she makes a cameo. She, she, in Caitlin's story, she did a, a bat trick, like with one arm, she like kicked the ball up and hit it and it went viral in real life. And Leah plays a reporter in the film who is like kind of interviewing Caitlin. It was really cool. <laughs> oh, that is so cool. See, I didn't know that, but with her connections, especially to ESPN and, uh, you know, all, all those things uh, that has to help. It has to be amazing to just sit back sometimes and see how God is placing all of the right people in all the right places. You've mentioned already like two or three of those connections that are helping mm-hmm. move this and advance that. That has to be so satisfying because I'm sure there was a lot of nights where you were sitting there thinking, what are we doing? Well, there was just, I, I, I have been so proud of my team. I mean, it, it's myself, one other staff member, and then a bunch of volunteers on, that are producers and none of them get any money. Like none, none of us make a dime from this project. We paid our actors and our crew, but that was on the front end. Nobody gets back and stuff. And anything that comes back would go towards the next film. But we were very adamant from the very beginning with these producers that like, we are going to keep the main thing, the main thing. I have a tattoo on my arm that says, not the kingdom of Tyler. I don't know if you can see that. Um, see. That's fantastic. But like, I, I constantly want to make sure that I'm focused on not allowing myself to serve two masters when it comes mm. to anything. And this project is a testament to that. Seriously, every one of the guys that are on our team have been diligently praying that God would take this out to the masses, but for not any selfish gain whatsoever. Um, And we've held each other accountable on that. We'll call each other out if one of us feels like the other person is or people are moving that direction. And I think God's honoring that. So I think that I think that God wants his kingdom to expand, but he wants to do it through righteous ways and not like backhanded serving to masters kind of ways. Yeah. So you have full permission. If we ever seem like we're doing it the wrong way, you message me and you let me know. I'm going to light it up. I know we've known each other for 25 minutes now, <laughs> but I, I got to think that you said earlier about your leadership team, you're intentional. I can see that in you. And, and especially as a lead pastor, because it is so hard in ministry 
it's and it, well, I should say it's easy in ministry to get caught up in yourself, especially in a church that's doing something really cool, advancing, doing great things. You're hearing about how great your sermons are on Sunday. It is very, very easy. And I've seen this in ministry. We've seen it in the big churches. You know, we could get on the list. There's documentaries on all the, all the Hulus of the world right now about the bigger churches and exactly those things. And what I love that you've said is that you're putting guardrails, you're thinking in advance, you're protecting yourself from those things, even to the point of putting a tattoo on your arm to remind yourself that's not about you. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. I, I worked for one of those churches. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I worked at First Capital where I'm at now for three years as a worship pastor. And then I left for a year and went to like a ginormous church mm -hmm. and then came back to First Capital and begged them for any job that they would give me. And the church I worked for is 20, 30,000 people, just this massive influential church. And I loved being able to see the life change. And I loved all the people that I got to be with, but I, I just could see myself running down that path of in my mind saying, man, this is awesome. I'm singing for 25,000 people and it has right. nothing to do with leading people in worship. And there was just parts of ministry I missed that were really hands-on. So that's why I ended up coming back to a smaller church. But with that, over the course of figuring out if we wanted to take this lead pastor role, my wife and I really had to pray and talk about, like, do we want to be part of the solution of moving the church forward and away from these pastors falling like from the inside? Or mm -hmm. do we want to just go do something else? Like that was seriously the conversation. Do I want to go out to Hollywood and make films with the guys from Capo, or do I want to be a part of the change on the inside? So we landed part of the change. Again, it's been, you know, less than 30 minutes, but I have a good feeling that you're doing the right things. And, you know, that can be true in any organization, not just the church. Right. The church is the one under the spotlight, but this happens in every organization, every big company. You see it because when you're in that, that big chair, <laughs> the praise is a lot and, and it can very quickly lead to other things. So anyway, yeah. I'll, I'll I, add I, on one thing to that. Yeah, sure. Know, absolutely. I, it's unscripted. So no, um, absolutely. That's it, what we it's do. Just, if, while, as you're reading through the gospels, just to tag onto what you just said, no matter what industry you're in, the, the sins that we like to point out. So like the, like the adultery and the, the stealing and things like that, Jesus talks about those, but he also like gets involved in those and helps those people change. But the mm -hmm. ones that he truly hates are the ones of pride and lack of humility. Mm. If you think through how he interacts with the Pharisees versus like the woman at the well, like the sins that he knows he can handle and move forward are the ones that we hate the most as a culture. But the mm -hmm. ones that we kind of brush under the rug because people are talented are the ones that Jesus like really directly addresses in scriptures. And there's got to be a shift somewhere in, in corporate world, church world, whatever it is for leaders to kind of come back to that humility. Because then I think we'll start to see a, a difference in our culture. That's so on point. Uh, and I won't mention any names, but this has been, I don't know. Are you a TikToker? Do you, do you watch a no. lot of TikTok? Okay. No, not okay. on TikTok. No. All right. Darn. Okay. But it's all over TikTok right now. There's a very popular figure who had a massive fall and you probably know who I'm talking about, right? A church brought him in. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. You yeah. follow me. What were your thoughts on that? Cause, cause I think we. Boy, I don't know. I know we're, hey, we're unscripted. I don't help you at time. But I, I've been challenged by that this week because I'm seeing the good side, in my opinion, and the bad side of Christianity, both sides, because it's polarizing. And the individual is being either, you know, there's a lot of people coming forward saying that's what we should do. 
It's about restoration, the things that you said. And that, that doesn't only work when it fits our agenda, in my opinion. Um, it's for all. And so, you know, grace is for all. And yeah, it might not be comfortable. That's my opinion. And so that's what I've struggled with this week because I also know that, you know, that individual hurt a lot of people yeah. and their, their hurt is real. And so, I don't know, I know we're completely off track now, but I, just, I, just curious. I, well, one, I'm thankful that I'm not the judge and jury. I'm super glad that God gets to handle that and I get to trust what he decides. Yeah. But the second piece of that, if there is true restoration, that's, I mean, that's what we're called to do. <laughs> I, I assume that they would have handled it in the way Jesus taught to handle disagreements in Matthew wasn't in the room right. for the decision to fire him from the first place or the decision to hire him at the second place. But the Bible is so, so clear on the level of judgment that pastors and teachers have versus just regular mm. Christians mm. that we, we just have to be careful. Mm. I, I want nothing more than restoration, but restoration doesn't always have to look like restoring to the level of prominence that you were. Right. Because that goes back to that humility piece. Like right. if, if in, if in one's mind that you're not completely restored until you're back on top, I'm not sure you actually sought restoration. I think you just sought to avoid the consequences of the fall that you did. Wow. And so maybe for, I'll take this guy out of it. I know you're talking about Gordon. Sure. Just if I fell, maybe, maybe the, the best thing for me would not be to be put back in a leadership role, but to be put in a servant role so that I could figure out my place in the kingdom not my place mm. in an organization called the church. Wow. Wow. That's, so that was a, a lot for your answer there. <laughs> no, it was great because it gives me more to kind of anchor to not that it matters. And I mean, ultimately <laughs> that individual or that church, doesn't really care what I think, but I've just found it very interesting as I've seen this unfold. And I think it applies to anyone that walks through our churches or leads our churches. So I do like what you said about there being somewhat of a difference. I, that makes me feel a little differently about how I view that. Yeah. Okay. All the links, we're all over the place. <laughs> all the links, really, really thankful for you and your time and how quickly we were able to, to do this. And I really want to get it out quickly because I want to get your street team and, you know, the people that can get behind you, I want them doing the same. So if you can run down all the links again, that would be great. Yeah. If you go to facebook.com slash I can movie, and we're also I can movie on Instagram. So those are the two main socials that we, we use. And then our website is iCanMovie.info. And if you just hit join the team, when you get on the webpage, that'll get you in the right spot. And the church website is churchanywhere.us. Yep. Churchanywhere.us. Churchanywhere.us. And awesome, man, this has been great. I look forward to hearing the other more professional, not so messy podcast that you're going to be on. I could tell you both those guys do a really good job. And this uh, was a blast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> well, they'll be much more prepared, much more on point, and, and they'll be very clean and neat. And I'm not. So <laughs> thanks for putting up with it. Coming on Unscripted. I hope you have a great trip on your, your journey right now that you're on. And, you know, Orlando's great. How's the weather in Orlando? It, it was 58 in Louisville and 80 something when I landed here. So I'm not complaining at all. <laughs> there you go. Enjoy the weather. Thanks so much. Best of luck for the film. I'll be putting everything I have behind it and, you know, everything that I can do to support. We've got each other's number now, so let me know anything I can do to help. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right. God bless. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Unscripted Podcast. Please remember to like and share. We'll be back soon with another amazing guest. But until then, remember to live each day unscripted.
do.